Hey, Bonsai friends, it's Evan. Just wanted to let you know that in addition to this week's Little Things for Bonsai People episode, I was a guest on Matt O'Donnell Wants to Know, a conversations podcast from our producer slash editor, Matt O'Donnell. It was a great talk where we discussed bonsai as an art form rooted in a subject's constantly in flux, the process of getting into bonsai, next level education in Japan and America, the cycle of trees being prepared for presentation, and so much more. It was a lot of fun, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. So you can go listen to Matt O'Donnell Wants to Know wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make sure that you share, like, subscribe, and rate your favorite podcast as well. Every little thing helps. Hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai. Welcome to episode 67, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. 67 yep. of Little Things for a Bonsai People. <laughs> Sorry, we cranked out a lot of episodes at one time, and this one's actually being recorded the week before. So, um, but yeah, anyway, this it's the year of uh, 2024, year of the wood dragon. And this time I'm joined by my both of my co-hosts. Um, we got up first, we got Mike Lane of Ketsune Bonsai. Hey, what's up, everyone? Yeah, dude, what's up? Um, and this is in no particular order because we also have Carmen Lesko-Biansky. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Pretty well, pretty well. Um, so it's it's been a minute since we've kind of just gone into listener questions and critiques uh we had a couple of questions kind of rack up on our discord um i know we had a question that came in from instagram i can't remember what it, what it, where it was exactly carmen if you remember where we put that i think that was in the messages between us mm-hmm. yep. okay cool and then uh yeah we're just gonna take our time just chat we're gonna talk about some updates some things going on this year uh see where everybody's at uh, at the beginning of the year here and uh, and have some fun. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much the topic is kind of spread up amongst all those uh, different things. But before we do uh, any of those conversations and before we do that, um, I need to mention that our podcast is sponsored by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com forward slash little things for bonsai people. Head on over there and become a bonsai best bud and hang out in the discord with these amazing people. Uh, we have so many patrons now that in the past I used to read off a really long list of all the, the best bud names where we exceeded the amount where it just kind of gets a monotonous uh, from most times and most episodes now so I'm just going to be listing off brand new best buds and uh, our featured best men best buds and also a featured uh, uh, bonsai best bud I know it's kind of weird anyway uh, we got some new bonsai buds so we have um we have Chantel Wynn, which is a good friend of mine's uh, wife and also my good friend as well. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, her name, we call her Shell. But thank you so much for subscribing to our show and supporting us. Everything, every little uh, little sub matters uh, so much. And then um, also we have uh, Byron Myrick Pottery Woo! has All also right. subscribed our, to our uh, Bonsai Best Bud list. So that's awesome. Thanks, Byron. Thanks for joining. Uh, people who don't know who Byron Myrick is, y'all should go over and check out his website. He's got a uh, Byron Myrick Pottery. Uh, you can Google that and go find his website. Uh, I use his pots for a lot of my show trees. Uh, in fact, I 
both of the trees I brought to the national show, I used his pots. I mean, his pots are high grade, awesome, uh, awesome and well-made. Um, and then we also have our featured bonsai bud because since I don't read off the list, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, say our featured bonsai bud this month is going to be Chris Fasun. Thank you so much, Chris, for subscribing and being an all around awesome person and supporting the, uh, the little things. And then we, we have our, um, specimen best buds, which are going to be Unryun, um, Christina Carforia and Bill's Bayou. Thank Woo! you guys so much for being, <laughs> being extra awesome, going next step, going up to the, uh, the specimen best bud level. And then, uh, of course we have our channel sponsor or our, or our, um, our podcast sponsor just overall is going to be Joshua Roth tools. So, um, really good news here. Uh, Underhill Bonsai will be Joshua Roth Tools rep, like pretty much like the main carrier in our in our area. So I will be carrying Joshua Roth Tools on our website really soon. So you guys can go over to underhillbonsaistore.com and go check that out. Um, and also we're going to be doing giveaways. So we're going to have another giveaway. And we're going to, me and Mike and Carmen are going to discuss how we're going to do that uh, for this coming month. So I think we're just going to do something like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, but then also we have some new shirts that are coming up. Um, I've already sent them off to, to print. And so I think I talked to both of you guys about these shirts, right? The black, Mm -hmm. the black long sleeve shirt. Oh yeah. 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 So I will be dropping the shirt into the discord, uh, later on. I mean, it'll probably be there by the time this episode releases, honestly, because this will be like a week prior. Um, but it's a black long sleeve shirt and. Uh, I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, but I'm kind of a metalhead and I love heavy music. So does Mike from what I can remember. That's um, right. Yep. And so I have a shirt that, that has been made up. It says, I'm, I, I like heavy metal. It has a knob cutter behind that in a metal font, like a heavy metal font, like a band font. <laughs> and then on the sleeves, one side says, make the cut like a metal band, like call out in the lyric just looks really rad and then the other side has a, a flat top bald cypress bonsai uh that was designed by me that's going to be on the other sleeve it just looks really cool it's a tight design and on the back it's going to say joshua roth tools and little things for bonsai people with our logo on the back it's just a really great shirt and that's i'd so like to cool. yeah i can't wait to wear that yeah it's it's a cool shirt um, yeah me too and yeah. it actually sounds really cool both of those both the designs look and sound cool yeah and so yeah, thanks Joshua Roth Tools for sponsoring that shirt. He actually uh, went forward and he made sure to set us up and help us with the the printing of those shirts. So thank you so much. Yay, thank you. Awesome, thank you. Um, but yeah, we can't go much further without uh, thanking our editor, Matt O'Donnell. He makes us sound smart. He cleans up the audio, makes us enjoyable to listen to. Go over to Matt, mattodonnell.com, fill out a contact form if you want to start your own podcast show or audio engineering project with him. He is a set basis living in Nashville, Tennessee, and he's an all-around awesome guy. It's in the script. I read it every single time. Also, go check out Matt O'Donnell Wants to Know. His uh, show has released. He's on episode two right now, and uh, I just hope the best for him on his show. It's it's an awesome concept, and uh, and I'm later on uh, featured in one of the episodes. I can't remember which one is, but just keep an eye out. Um, but yeah, so how's it going with you guys? I know uh, I usually fill the airspace for a get moment you know for like about five to ten minutes on some cases but how's it going let's start with with uh mike how's it going mike what you been doing 
Oh, you know, uh, baby stuff mostly. Um, <laughs> a lot of baby stuff. No, I've been. Um, it's been a, a quiet month. You know, it's been a lot of. Um, it's our slower season, obviously. You know, especially here in Florida. You know, not a whole lot's happening. We don't repot anything typically, and so work's been light. So I've been working on a lot of program material, um, kind of getting ready for the season. And uh, and trying to update the website and trying to just uh, you know or the the quote unquote hustle as they call it. So yep. that's what I've been trying to do is trying to figure figure new things out for this coming year. Um, pin down Kaya. We have Kaya coming now, so we got dates for that. So I'll be releasing that soon, and um, and getting people kind of on board with that. And um, other than that, just baby stuff. Lots and lots of baby stuff, which you will learn about soon. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaya Mooney, right? Kaya Mooney, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. Did we uh, we talk to him yet? No, we're going to have him on. Um, I'd like to have him on, you know, uh, in a couple months probably. Okay. Uh, just like about halfway point before he gets here, I think. It's kind of funny. I'm like, do we have him on yet? Like, I'm just thinking about <laughs> all the episodes that we've done. And I'm like, oh, wait. No, not yet. Not yet on him. Uh, we did talk to somebody else uh, in Japan. Uh, but... I did do... Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Um, I did want to kind of point out for the Discord that I did um, I did a, a Zoom uh, class that is uh, my Clip and Grow class, which is part of our show in intensive that I usually kind of give with that course, that series of courses. And um, I put it on the Discord for free just uh, so people can check it out and look at that. So... If anybody's interested in kind of learning how to grow things from cutting or seed or even applying um, kind of clip and grow techniques, uh, it doesn't mean you don't use wire. It's just, you know, if you go through and check out the program, I think you'll pick up some cool tips. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for dropping that in there for the uh, the best buds, Mike. That's, uh, that's some <laughs> invaluable information there for sure. Um, yeah. So how are you doing, Carmen? How's uh, life in Portland right now in Bonsai? Uh, it's been like super busy um i'm really glad that we did all that batch recording a few weeks ago because there's no way i could have like over the last week stopped long enough to record anything so um we've it it was kind of nuts uh michael got back from his vacation and then we kind of went right into shohin school uh so we had a weekend event here with um daisaku namoto came in from japan andrew robson and uh, Jonas Dupuy were uh, here leading a Shohin class uh, over a weekend. There was a stand workshop. Um, it was a busy weekend, but it was really good. And then after that, we had, so that was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think Tuesday, we had a semi-private class with students. And then we did a seasonal, which was a three-day thing the same week. And so it was just like crazy. Um, and we're into repotting now, so uh, it's like unseasonably warm, and yeah. we've just been like hustling along. And it's like last last chance to style anything, so I've been on like a styling spree, uh, which is great, but um, kind of intense. So it's been oh, it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. But I got this. I got this sweet pot. I'm gonna. I mean, our, our listeners can't see it, but it's um. Oh, is this. that a, a now? Is that no? no this uh, is actually Daisaku oh, cool. uh, brought these in from Japan. Oh, um, wow. He could have sold them, I think, at uh, Gafuten, but 
he brought them especially for Shohin school and these are like hand painted um really beautiful little pots oh, and i awesome. saw this and i just like couldn't live without you know it. that you're like into bonsai <laughs> when you see the price on a pot and you're like oh that's very reasonable but it's like super unreasonable like in yeah. general <laughs> yeah that's an awesome but looking container though i love it's it's, I one love those, the higher it's, like, it's one of a kind. You're never going to, you know, it was a good yeah. chance to get it at a good price. So I went for it. Especially um, for that type of work with the, with the, the carving and the, the glazing and the way that it was done, you know, that's yeah. all, and that's all hand done and you can't get that anywhere else. Have you exactly. guys seen the new horse pots? Mm -hmm. the, you guys follow Mariah at all? Or yeah, see I saw of some of those. Uh, you oh, know, that's the, the really yeah. artsy ones that are like oh, yeah. sculptures. You know, yeah. Those I'm kind of cool. like, I have a, yeah, I really, I've got mixed feelings. You know, I, 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 I think I like them. You know, I think <laughs> I do. My initial reaction was, what the hell's gonna go in that? You know, you know, I, I have a hard enough time deciding what pot I'm gonna use for certain trees and having certain shapes and sizes. So mm -hmm. those those pots ask more for 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 trees to be styled for them, which is something I typically don't go for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that's my hot I'd, take of the week. Don't I tell think, anybody yeah. I said that. No, I think, <laughs> I think, you know, I go, I don't know. I think it's a, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, my, it's definitely goes against my like initial kind of uh, likes and dislikes, you know, but yeah, no. I don't know. As far as like trying something new, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like, there's a couple of them that I really like. And I think that it, it's definitely, different and i am excited to see what goes in them um yeah there's no talent we'll very non-traditional but i'm it's like it's i i like when people push the boundaries a little bit and these are kind of that one or two steps away from tradition right. so i'm i'm curious to see because yeah you're gonna need some interesting trees to to fill well, those the thing pots. is the thing is is it's bold it's a bold mm -hmm. move you know that's a very uh you know, doing something like that is, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I, I have the, the guts to do it, especially for the <laughs> price tag of some of those. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, you see some of the, some of the other pots, Jonathan cross pots and stuff that are like kind of a brutalist style and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And at first I really didn't like those. And, um, now fast forward two or three years and, starting to like those you know i've seen yeah. the clay body in person it's a really cool looking clay body and um so i don't know i don't know what what i'm gonna like um so my world of bonsai right now has been absolutely bonkers uh and like you said carmen good, good thing we, we did a batch of episodes to catch us up because dude i've kind of been in the same world uh spring in louisiana came a lot sooner than I ever imagined. I mean, there are buds popping on our bald cypresses, maples. Wait, even, how did you get spring before we got spring? I have no idea. How I, did it skip us? Magic of Louisiana. I, I got to the nursery uh, last week and I saw buds on bald cypresses swelling up under the bark and I was like, wow. Oh my God. This is not great. And then you I went out to- repotting, like, like, I don't know how you go through those trees so fast. You're just sending me picture after picture after picture of all these trees. I, I, I work I work myself to the point of like delirium, so trust me. <laughs> um, and I've also got some help, but yeah, yeah, like we went out to the Trident Maple Field, and the Trident Maples have leaves opening up, like the oh ones growing in the ground. So it's just like 
And one of the things I tell people around here in Southeast Louisiana is that when you see the the Acer rubrum, the swamp red maple, mm-hmm. have the little flowers on them, that's mm-hmm. it. It's go time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the, the red maple's the first out the gate. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, oh, wow. So, and on top of doing Yamadori, because we've been going out and collecting um, stuff like I've been collecting bald cypress, uh, I'm looking for hackberries. Um, we're doing American hornbeams right now. And then various other trees that can be collected from our native range, like other deciduous types. So I've been pulling trees. Like I went, let's just describe to you just what's going on right now. I gave a Yamadori excursion class last weekend. Uh, so I brought uh, three people out. We've collected trees. And then the next day, I repotted all day until my fingers hurt. And mm-hmm. then the day after that, I was down in the swamp down in uh, Thibodeau, which is very south Louisiana. And I was scrounging around in a wetland area and pulling up cypress trees, followed up by repot- some more repotting <laughs> and then potting those trees up. And then I had people calling me saying, hey, my trees are popping buds. What do I do? I'm like, run over to the nursery right now. We're, we're starting repotting. So I have like multiple clients running over here doing repots. Um and then, like today, I was pulling trees out of the ground and repotting. And I had my I had my guy Salvador that works with me, uh, who's my extra hand at, at the nursery, and he's repotting elms. And I'm over there making like cuts on these elms, like choosing their trunk lines because they're like they're they're cuttings to like pre bonsai now. And mm-hmm. I'm repotting specimen trees at the same time. That's what you were getting, Carmen. Was like, hey, how should I plant this? At the same time, I was like doing mm-hmm. three other things. Oh my um, god. And then um, tomorrow, uh, because I got a text late at night, um, Guy Gidry hit me up. He was like, Evan, I need your help. I've got all these giant trees and I need to repot them right now. And I'm scared because of like the early spring. And so I have to go help Guy tomorrow lift his like three ton trees. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not that heavy, but they're all there. Every one of his trees are big. So it's Mm -hmm. just been one of the most hectic springs i've experienced ever and then on top of that i'm trying to plan our um our show coming up in march 30th uh say bonsai uh which mike is actually going to be there uh um, yep holla me and the boys are going to be like running around like flipping trees and shit but like at the same <laughs> time i'm just like this is so much stuff like we we got to rent a yeah. tent we got to get the trees ready for the show we're gonna have a formal bonsai show. Mike's gonna be there. Uh, Shannon Salyer is gonna be there from Nashville. Do so two from bon- Knoxville. Knoxville. Direction. Okay. Yeah. Two two showhin like guys just like going at it. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, but dude, it's just so much planning. I don't know. I I know we're gonna be talking to the guys that are doing bonsai central here uh, later on, like because we've been. With the advertisement, I know you guys have heard the ad reads and all that for Bonsai Central. But we'll, we will be talking to the guys that run that show as well in a future episode. And uh, I'll be at that show as well. So that's like another thing. It's just like on the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from BCI in Houston and apart from... Are you doing uh, that too? You're going to be there? Yes, for sure. Yeah, sweet. I'm Dude, doing a grafting need, workshop. You need an assistant. I'm, you know, I'm super jealous. Next year, I'm going to be with you guys at like all this stuff. I can't wait. I'm like yeah wrapping up the apprenticeship and it's great and it's fun and i'm having a ball but i'm like getting yeah. some some fomo over here like and then yeah we then we can do the podcast tour 
Yep. Yeah, podcast tour. If That'd you guys didn't know, we're going to have a little things for bonsai people podcast tour. Stay tuned uh, Finch, for us um, figuring if you guys, that out. Yeah, <laughs> if you would like to uh, sign up for that, you know, you can uh, correspond with us, and we'll be happy to start putting that together. We, uh, yeah, we've been talking about like a little things tour for a little while, and it's just been we have to blame Carmen for the whole thing. Now we're just, welcome. <laughs> no, it's it's worth every moment. There's babies involved too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. There's, yeah. Bonsai and babies. It's like, you guys don't have any break. I'm over here. I got no. like a preteen or a, no, he's not a preteen. He's, yeah, he's a preteen. Oh he's my pushing God. it. <laughs> well, you know, we made, we made some errors. We, we, we tried to switch formula uh, last week and it oh, was God. like, let's just say that whole week was a wash as far yeah. as <laughs> sleep and oh, boy. stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah. no. Has, has she adjusted or did? It, well, we did went back. back. We, we went yeah. back. We turned back. Yep. Did yeah. you, did you switch to like a dairy based one or something And it? We switched. No, we switched to like a generic and, oh, yeah. uh, we were like, ah, you know, it'll, it'll be better. You know, we had good reviews. We were like, no. but here's where we messed up. We kind of just like put it in at like, we didn't like kind of slowly introduce oh, it. No. It was just all yeah. at one time. Yeah. yeah. So you like. Cats, do you know this? When you change their food, you have to I introduce know, it. I know. <laughs> I know. You know, I was like, how bad can it be? I literally had that thought. How bad can it be? Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> A fresh new baby that's affected by a l every little elemental change, oh, I mean, environmental yeah. change. Well, and that that also means. I have this one friend. She's got five boys. The best thing she ever told me was never trust a baby. So, like, just keep that in the back of your brain all right. the time, too. Yeah. Like, just when you think it's going to be fine. Nope, no, it's not. No. that baby. No, but it's been awesome. It's been awesome. So we've been having a really good time. Yep. She's really cute. I'm like Thank loving the pictures. Thank you. Yep. We just did a uh, professional ones today, so we'll be putting those up once we get them. But oh yeah, it was fun. I can't wait for all that stuff too. It's just going to be like our listeners going to be like, Mike's got his baby. He's talking about all this stuff, and then I'm going to have mine in like June. It's going to be a baby podcast. It's going to be a repeat. Mm -hmm. and they're going to be like, okay, this was yeah. exciting back when Mike did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be no, opposite because you're just going to be a boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying hoping yet, but we'll see. We will see. I had a dream no. last night that it was a boy. Let's just say that. Ooh. I'm always yeah. pulling for girl gang, man. I want a girl oh, yeah. gang. Big old posse. Okay. Oh, That'd well. be great. We need an air. You guys are going to be over here like <laughs> baby wearing and I'm like going to put my cat in like a like a katan and like. No, I'm still like, going to do that too. I'm gonna... my cat. What's funny is like the cat like jumps in the stroller all the time and I'm like, this is like a dream come true. Like <laughs> I could just... Put the cat in one side, the baby in the other. Ah, yeah. you need like a double stroller now, triple stroller, quad really stroller. Too. How big yeah. do they make them these days? I, not big enough for all my. I seen cats. a stroller that was like holding like five kids once. It was like it had like the seat for the baby, and then like a little seat for the toddler, and then like a bench seat for like I don't know how this mom oh was God. pushing it. Yeah, like, wow, like, she's strong. Hey everyone, this is John Eads founder of Left Coast Bonsai and proud supporter of the Little Things for Bonsai People podcast. I'm breaking into your feed today to let you know about a few exciting things we're doing here at Left Coast Bonsai. We're a small family-owned bonsai nursery that's focused on producing high-quality bonsai plant material as well as sourcing hard-to-find supplies for growing in your own yard. For many of us, winter is a time to pause and reflect on the year ahead. Now's a good time to decide what seedlings and supplies you need for the upcoming season. We have a large selection of seedlings that will begin shipping out mid-February for our spring season. 
You can also order baskets, felt bags, or aluminum wire. In addition to the seedlings and supplies, I also teach classes and study groups on a broad range of subjects, including growing trees from scratch. I hope to hear from you soon and would love to talk about how we can support your bonsai growing journey. You can find us online at leftcoastbonsai.com, on Instagram at leftcoastbonsai, or send me an email at talk at leftcoastbonsai.com. Cheers. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's move on to a couple of, uh, listener comments and questions. No, it's fine. Yeah. And well, I only have until Jeopardy starts, which is in an hour. I have one hour. One hour. Oh no. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jeopardy starts at seven 30. Yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah, We're old, man. Have you seen that, um, that video? (laughs) You've already retired to Florida, but (laughs) I know. Yeah, he no. doesn't even have to go anywhere. He, we he actually watch Wheel of Fortune, too. Yeah. No, dinner at 5 o'clock, though. and you can't miss Jeopardy. No, can't miss it. Sometimes I get Final Jeopardy, and it feels good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we, I'm just going to go through a couple of uh, of comments that are not really questions. They're just comments. Uh, All right. So, we have the first one. I'm going to go ahead and read this one first, because this one makes me feel good about myself. Uh Backyard Bonsai Australia or uh, or Jay, one of our Bonsai Best Buds, said that I said that me, uh, Mr. Underhill in the Discord chat, nailed Unryu in this episode, letting you know. And we appreciate you no matter how your vocal track record is. Yeah. So and then yeah. uh, but but Matt, Matt O'Donnell, our editor, starting to use the buzzer sound again because Oh <laughs> yeah, the buzzer. Because we have somebody else that said uh, that that Carmen almost got okay. It said at Mr. Underhill, but this is at, pretty much at all of us. I just started listening to the latest episode, and you read off my name, David J. Bert Uncini. I don't know if I said that right. But he's got the pronunciation at the bottom. Bert Uncini. There you go. There you go. That was mm-hmm. it. He said it was pretty cool that Carmen added the Italian role as it is in the origin of the name. So as per usual, the name wasn't pronounced right as it sounds exactly as it's spelled. Burton Sini. I love it. Burton Sini. There, how's that? Burton B U R R. This is like the phonetic. Burton Sini. Just, I mean, Burton Sini. Burton I don't know. I like doing it with the Italian. Yeah, with the little hand. You guys just. Guys, just stop having weird last names. So we can You know what? I got to um <laughs> I got to do a uh I got to do a Zoom meetup with uh Jay from Unreal and Awesome. And yeah, it was pretty cool. Got to walk around the nursery and, and check out the garden and uh yep. um Rick's Rick's garden, which is really, really interesting. Do you remember so, the Rick uh Rick's last name? You know, I don't. Uh, no. he's gonna give me crap in the Discord for this for not remembering <laughs> his last name. Hang on, you, I, I think I got it on Facebook. Oh, no, I won't. Yeah. For you guys that don't know, um, our listener, uh, Jay, he works at a bonsai garden in Australia. Uh, that's the whole reason why it's called Unrai UN, Bonsai Garden. Um, and it is for a legacy garden, a garden that has been pretty much put together and just maintained by one of their uh local bonsai masters in Australia. And I actually got to say hey, hey to, uh, to Rick and he's a, he's a really nice guy and his collection is outstanding, especially yeah. for their area. He's grown a lot of the stuff from seeds to so stuff that he's wanted to work with. He's he's grown it all himself and he's had it oh. for, I can't remember how long it's been, 
decades of growth and development on some of these trees. So do you remember where where in Australia they're located? Not at the moment. I might either. have to go look. Yep. Hold on. I'm really bad at geography. <clears throat> like I, I get lost in parking garages all the time. <laughs> I really yeah. do. It's it's scary. I've had to like, start dropping pins or like uh, taking pictures of like it's you know, it's just not my strong suit. I go to Lisa's parents' house all the time, and I've been going there for six years now. I still always like it's like a running joke. Like I still don't know if I take a left or a right. It's like you know, Evan pronouncing my name. It is back in the it's day. Just, back in the day. Back in the day. You're so good at it now. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, it only took me like 20 episodes, but yeah, you got so it. it. So it was, um, it's actually Rick Roberts. Rick uh, Roberts, that's right. And then uh, they are in North South Wales. North South Wales. Yep. <laughs> New North South Wales. Wales. Oh, North South yeah. Wales. You know, I was going to say where the, <laughs> where the like time Wales. just folds yeah. in on itself. Oh uh, no. <laughs> that's I think that's above that's above Queensland. Above the but, uh the Tropic of Capricorn, I think. Off the coast, the, the central coast. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't I, that's No, so that's south I, of I'm that's south of Queensland then. I'm in it. I got to I don't know. Australia is upside down, so It is. It's like a yeah, different I know. It's a different season from us right there right now yeah. right there. It's like it's interesting it. though. He was saying <laughs> that it's like he was saying they were growing Japanese maples and stuff like that. I guess my understanding of weather in Australia is not good. I mean, I thought it was hot. You know, very hot. Well, it depends where you're at. Yeah. See, I didn't understand that. I don't mm-hmm. understand geography. Right. So, well, if know, he's, hard. If, if Queensland's up here and New South Wales is under it, then it's technically further south, which we would think is hotter. But for them, it's like being further north. So it's I just colder. thought it was all, I thought it was all the outback. All yeah. It, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's just the middle. She called Actually, it. Actually, yeah. students last week used to do, it was so funny he used to do anthropology work and he worked in australia for a while and now he does data management and it was like i asked us like what man what prompted you from going from like anthropology to like data and and you know it ended up being like well math actually gives him more answers than anthropology where it just brought up all these big existential questions that he couldn't grab his mind around no it's something a lot more you know yeah, concrete. Yeah. <laughs> Logical. <laughs> Man, Australia's cool. I wanna go we, back. We need to learn more about um pronunciations and things about the world at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, we we all have our we all have our cross to bear. Yeah, everybody yeah. <laughs> if, if you have something that, that gets the uh, you know complicated, be sure to just give us the phonetics and we'll we'll bent yeah. and it. No, it's, yep. it's oh okay. no, I already I messed it up. Burton Yeah, it's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I mean, that's why we're trying to that's why the show it went from bonsai southeast to little things for bonsai people, because it's mm-hmm. we're we're at a world view now. We're a national. Yep, we're a national show. Uh international. There you we're go. National. Even bigger than national. We're Mr. We're Universe. Australian. No, yeah. There you no, 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 we're not. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> next not. next comment. It's a next uh comment. It's from J.M. Stewart Woodworking. He uh, he posted this a while back. We were, you know, I was just going through. I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, my New Year's bonsai resolution. Figure out why I struggle with watering. I tend to have my deciduous tree gets a lot, get a lot of leaf burn on the tips. And moving into the end of um, June and early July, I have them all under the 40% shade cloth. Um, it's... That must, that must be a typo. I have a suspicion that it's not the sun, but water and vigor. Okay. 
I plan 100%. this year. I plan this year to only use rainwater, only fertilize once every two weeks with liquid. A big problem is that it it is isn't over uh, fertilized, so he's cutting out the fertilized thing uh, to get, narrow it down and let the plants grow and harden off before I prune. I tend to trim, 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 trim. So, um, yeah, like you said, uh, Mike, what were you you were agreeing with? Uh, which part of that? The overwatering part. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would guess is is the cause of the the leaf damage and the leaf blemishes. Um, watering watering is something like ha, how do you pin that down? Honestly, it's so anomalous, um, especially as you start to get deeper into the hobby. It's almost like easier when you're first getting into it and you're dealing with broad strokes. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Now I'll word it to you like this: is trees in development need to dry out somewhat. So mm-hmm. tree, if you want explosive, vigorous growth, horse growth, the tree needs to undergo a wet dry cycle. And has to undergo that period. And um, that's always going to be best for health. So understanding that theory that the tree has to dry down. And to illustrate this is if you think of like taking a baseball size mass of roots and you put it in a basketball size container of soil and you water it twice a day, those roots will never leave that baseball size perimeter because they're getting everything they want. They have everything they need right then and there. There's no reason to expand into the new soil. So you're going to keep the plant at equilibrium right there. So if you dry the plant out and it starts to dry out from that baseball perimeter, well, now the roots have no choice. They either die or they start seeking out new moisture like they do in the ground. And so they go into the new soil and they find that Goldilocks zone of moisture and they start rooting in. And Mm -hmm. so that is a wet, dry cycle. And that, that corresponds with vigor at the top of the plant. And so if you're ever having health issues, you should abandon like refinement strategy usually, Mm -hmm. which refinement strategy is the opposite. You have a ton of branches. You have, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fine branches. And at that point, you can no longer allow any part of the soil to dry out. So, you know, typically you want to keep it uh, moist at all times. And so this is where it gets very tricky is you get into winter where gas exchange becomes an issue. You have water lock in the pot because you're not watering frequently enough or you're watering uh, too frequently. And um, But the, the core theory is always wet, dry for development and for health. And then in refinement, you're going to keep it wetter to kind of keep equilibrium, keep that plant from growing so fast and vigorous. Um, so, that was great. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a very good way to go into it and break it down where it's much easier to digest. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, I was going to ask uh, Carmen real quick, uh, yeah. as, as, as pertaining to our science episodes, Science. I don't know if they're going to get the echo on that one, but um, anyway, so um, is there an episode we probably could do on? Because it was, uh, there was also a thing saying this watering, uh, same uh, J.M. Stewart would work also said like it might even be worth doing a whole podcast yeah. episode on it. I would love 100%. to do a water science Oh my God. episode. Yeah. And yeah. I want to say too that... Um, I think fertilizer is less of an issue and it's, I would check the pH of the water he's watering with because if the pH is off, the fertilizer uptake is going to be off. And so by completely withholding fertilizer, then the plant's not going to get any of those nutrients 
So I would recommend still fertilizing probably weekly, but making sure that the water and check the rainwater too, like check the pH, make sure and the and um, even possibly the hardness. So like the the cation exchange capacity. Um, right. You can get a little meter offline um, and just like after you calibrate it, stick it into to your water. Um, just to make sure that your pH is you want, I think you want between six and six, five for yep. best nutrient uptake. Um, and, and then you can, have you heard of the dosatron? You know, oh, we got, thing? yeah, we got yeah. that. Yeah. So using a dosatron also, it's pretty cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. it just uses vinegar or whatever else to lower your pH in your hose water. So, yep. That's what we do here. And, uh, yeah. So, and then also with maples, if they're, they're often really in shallow pots. And so that those hold a lot more water, they don't dry out as, as quickly as a deeper pot. So, um, you can try tipping it up feet. on one side and like letting the water drain out the other side. The only thing is like, you don't want to always have it tipped to one side, like alternate your tipping. If, uh, if you're going to go that route to try and keep your, your, you know, your soil a little bit drier, but yeah, my strategy for combating overwatering. I mean, I'm here in the yard all day, so I can do this, but um, a lot of times if I'm like borderline, I'm like, okay, wait an hour and check again. Right. And usually, you know, in an hour, they're still fine. Or, you know, at that point, if I'm still concerned, I can go ahead and water, but usually things are going to be fine for another hour. And like, it kind of helps me take a step back and be like, check again. Like you can wait a little longer. There, it's there, hard because it's there, stressful, but I think I do think water is the hardest part of bonsai, though. I mean, a hundred percent. I know it's like a cliche at this point saying that, but um, like I still don't understand why I grow. Let's say I grow fifteen premna, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why this time of year some of those can sit outside in fifty degree, forty degree weather and get watered every single day and never dry out and look amazing. And then other ones sitting right next to them or like five feet away look terrible, you know? And, um, and there's just so many things like the soil they're in, the organic soil, how old is that organic soil? Uh, the, I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to, to like make it sound like it's so hard you can't do it, but mm-hmm. it is one of those things that I do think it takes years to really hone it in. And it becomes almost this like thing that's so difficult to teach because you mm-hmm. do need all that time and experience to understand it. It's it's so nuanced, you know? It's so, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel it. I feel what yeah. the tree needs. I yep. can't explain it. I just know I, I get the vibe. It's slimy. It doesn't look happy. It's too wet. It's not not good uh, gas exchange. I just get a feel for it, and I, mm-hmm. I water accordingly. And I've learned that over years. Yeah. So that's the hard part to teach. When you walk into a greenhouse and you can feel in your bones which plants need water, it's like right. <laughs> next level stuff. Like, but yeah. I I agree. I think the best way to to learn watering is to watch somebody and really, I don't know how. Like, <laughs> it's so hard to teach watering. It's so but hard. It, yeah. yeah, it's and I feel like even since doing my apprenticeship. I don't necessarily feel more clarity with it. Like I almost feel like now I overthink it even more. So it's just, it's yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's, it's definitely something like you guys are uh, kind of alluding to. It's more of like a sense kind of thing. It gets to a point where you're like, I know dealing with tree X that this one, I either repotted it this season or Mm -hmm. 
this right. one's had issues in the past that I'm aware of. And then you just kind of, those things run in your mind all the time, especially whenever you're dealing with like what you're saying, Carmen, with your, you're with a specialized collection where every single tree is specimen level with all these different requirements mm-hmm. for every single tree. And you're like this one and this one and this one. And then with Mike, you're saying Mike is developing Shohin and he's also uh-huh. develop. he's also training more, not finished trees, but trees that are going into refinement. And so there's other levels of that. So it's just like, that is really hard to juggle those. And the scenarios are so vast and so different. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a great one. And not to like keep harping on it, but this is always gets me too, is um, if you think about how roots fill a pot, are they going to fill a pot uniformly? So are you going to grow roots a hundred percent equal on all sides? No. You're not. The strong roots are going to grow fastest. They're going to fill the pot first. And the weak roots, just like branches, whatever is strong is going to grow fastest. And, with- and so what I'm getting at is you're going to have unequal densities in the root mass, right? Yep. And what do we know about water? We know it likes to take the path of least resistance. So you can sit there and water a plant and see water coming out the bottom of the drain holes and think mm-hmm. you've done a great job. But the density of the root ball hasn't even hit the left side of the plant yet. And you might, it might be like penetrated a quarter of an inch or whatnot, you know, a a centimeter, but that means nothing. And you haven't, Mm -hmm. and no matter how much you water, you're not going to force the water to take that path. So understanding when you need to soak a tree, understanding, you know, when a tree has that root lock. I do a thing that, that people, you know, is aesthetically not pleasing, but it's called a soil collar. And it's like using a small like little dam that you build up around like a root locked plant and it kind of pile drives the water through the core. So Mm -hmm. it gets better gas exchange. It makes sure water penetrates more evenly. And um, even though it looks bad, the tree responds way, way better and the health and horticulture of the plant improves. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's just so many scenarios. Well, and about. it's like when you're repot when you've just repotted a, an old tree too. Like um, this is something we teach during you know our repotting seasonals is that you have this big, dense root mass and it's surrounded by what an inch, two inches of, of fresh soil, and you can water that tree, and all that water is just going to go here right, right over the edge of that core and down the sides of the pot. So to check when you need to water, you check the core. You don't check the new soil. The new soil 100%. can be wet. It can be dry. It doesn't matter what. But like mm-hmm. you look at where the deepest where the thickest part of that root ball is to determine if there's you know a need um yeah so it's yeah it's a complicated thing yeah okay well you see like we should dedicate more time to this topic obviously totally i'll start researching yep and uh let's move on to the next comment so we can get uh some of the critiques in um so we'll just go through these um i don't know if we're gonna be able to do them quick obviously probably not uh so (laughs) There was a question about what a what a shohin rack is versus um versus the the other things that we were mentioning in that. I mean, there was a there was an episode we did a while back where we were referring to different styles of yeah. uh, shohin. Uh, the cabinet, the, the cabinet, cabinet is, is known proper... in, in Japanese as the Nanaten Tanagazari. Did you get that or did say, my, that, say that again? Not, no, not ten, I was distracted ten, by the cat. The cat scooped, scooped up out of the way. No, I, I, ten Tanagazari. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. He's, he's, that's my naughty cat. He just <laughs> does all sorts of naughty things. Yeah. I'll find him climbing the screen uh, late at night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So he just, like, like jumped on the computer. <laughs> I think rack is something that I, 
used as a slang as like a I don't know if other people say that. That might just be a what is what I don't know what you're talking about. Like the show hand oh the show hand display. Traditional show hand display stand. Yeah. Yeah, it's a stand with the with the five trees where you have the four Mm -hmm. within and then the one on top. And I just call it a rack for some reason and I just I don't know where that came from. And there's always, always a substage as well. There's a Mayoki. So it's not just the rack. The traditional display is not just that square rack. It's also mm-hmm. a substage that has an assistant that denotes the season. Yeah. Did uh, I, yeah. Um, did I, am I saying that right? Is that acceptable, Mike? To rack? say rack? I don't, I don't know. It depends. I don't know. I mean, it depends on your company, I suppose. No, I don't, yeah. I don't see anything. I like, I like the slang. It sounds fun. Yeah. Show him rack. It is fun. Rack. <laughs> yeah. Show him rack. I'm just going to, I'm just going to coin that right here, right now on the show. Yeah, I like uh, it. I don't uh, mind show him rack, TM. Next, show him rack. Next, uh, next comment. Uh, this was one that was being brought up. I saw several times in the Discord by Taylor. Taylor. Um, discovering Taylor. root rot on my ginkgo. It's becoming worse than I initially thought. Uh, there's there's more I could dig out, but uh, dig out as well. But I want to wait until I get more of an idea what to do. Any recommendations moving forward with this? It is on the downward slope from here, or can I save it? Maybe a ground layer perhaps can be performed on the ginkgo. So this is okay. a pic- there was a picture in the Discord where we have a young ginkgo and it has the bottom, or not the bottom, but like we're not sure because I don't know if the actual soil line has been dug down far enough to actually see where the roots start. Uh, that might also be an indicator why there's rot. Um, but you can also see right above the rot, there's a bud, like a green bud waiting. So he's asking, is there a way to save this ginkgo? And my gut reaction is if the if it's severing itself, if the cambium is like basically separating from the root system, then you might you might end up just losing that, but I don't know. There might be some other ways about it. Um, ginkgos are not where's, really. Where's the picture? It's. Uh, is it in the general chat or is yes. it in the critique? Okay. It's in general. And I can. And while she's looking that up, I can kind of talk about how we've approached root rot in the past. In Do the you know nursery. what date? What was the date on it? I need to know how far back to scroll. Uh, let me see. Going up. That was a. It was a good while ago because we okay. haven't done I'll listener questions in. in a while. Let me see if I can get you a good date on Mike, you can go ahead and say the the Weigert's nursery. Yeah, Gosh. at least how, how we were taught to kind of deal with it. And this, you know, this I don't know how valid this will be for a tree like a ginkgo, but there comes a point where you have to do something. Okay, you're you're damned if you don't do anything, and so you might be damned if you do something. But you, you will have to kind of make a call whether you've hit a point that you have to do something drastic. And um, not seeing the picture yet, but kind of judging by the, the fact that it sounds like it's pretty bad, uh, you would pull the tree out of the pot and you would cut away all the affected roots. And then you would pot it in something extremely well-draining like pumice or even perlite. And then like at the nursery, we have something called a mist house that basically mists mm-hmm. plants. Uh, every, I think it's 30 seconds, every five minutes. It's in the chat. Yeah. And so it missed them and you put them in that super coarse mix and you continually miss them. And that kind of can help recover root loss, you know, especially depending on the time of year. Um, in lieu of having a mist house, you can do something very similar by watering it very thoroughly 
and kind of tenting it with plastic, you know, kind of keeping that humidity in the, uh, in the plant. Um, and that's extreme, you know, it's oftentimes you still lose the plant anyway. It's like a 50, 50 kind of thing, but I've done it with pines out of season. I've done it with, um, junipers. I've done it with a lot of different plants and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it is kind of extreme, but that's how we approach it is cutting away all the old root rot. If it's like really bad and it's rotting out the base, you know, scraping out the rotting portion, pasting it, if it's above the soil, um, and, and kind of treating it with a lot of care, you know, just being very careful how we water it going forward. But, um, you have to make the determination whether you're at that point. Uh, Carmen, you can see the photo now. Yeah. Um, is it going into the roots or is it just on the, cause it looks like it's just kind of on the trunk in the photo. Um, yeah, uh, yeah it looks I don't... like to me after further inspection, it looks like some of the, the bark on the trunk has gone away and there's like little roots kind of hanging down making their way to the soil. Yeah. So I don't know that it's necessarily root rot unless you actually see the roots like totally rotting. Rot. So I, I mean, I would, uh-huh. I would recommend a course, I mean, a coarse mix, unless you've just repotted it, in which case I don't know that I'd mess with it again. And then just be sure that it's drying out between. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you have a mister, uh, a mist system is a great way to keep that humidity up um, while it's uh, recovering. But I really, I think, uh, and I'm curious too, like is the top of the plant suffering? So um, yeah, at this point, I think following Mike's suggestion of, you know, coarse soil, um, let it, let the soil dry down uh, between hand waterings or, you know, if you've got a mist system, keep it misted. Um, Yeah. I think you'll just have to make the call as to whether or not you want to keep going with it. I mean, I personally, it's like, I wouldn't do any bonsai work on it right now, but Uh -uh. you know, grow it out for a couple of years and see if it recovers. And if it's just bark damage, it might just be, you know, it might recover. So hundred percent. And that's a great point too, that, that uh, listeners should really, I think we should really like drive home is refinement is its own place that a tree sits in. And if mm-hmm. you lose health or vigor on a plant, then you you have to abandon refinement strategy and you have to abandon, you go for whatever is going to make the plant the healthiest. So I'll take mm-hmm. plants, I'll take trees out of their like tried and true show pot or whatever, and I'll put it in a training pot for a year or two mm-hmm. and I'll recover the health of the plant. Um, you can't do both. You can't sit and uh, and continually hammer on a plant that's telling you, leave me alone. You mm-hmm. know, so you have to kind of go back, take a step back. And I always, I always teach it uh, students with a health development and refinement paradigm. And I basically say, if you fall back, you fall all the way back to the health first. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you lose a major branch, you go back into that development theory and then back into refinement. So, yeah. And if you can't keep your hands off a tree, get some junipers or some azaleas and you can pick at those like three or four times a year and you'll be very satisfied while you're getting yes. <laughs> covers. True. They're That's kind true. of a once, maybe twice times a year. Or you something know. really, really dense like a Nia, something that you're just going to be yeah. like pruning all the time. Speaking, yeah. speaking of azaleas, so, uh, oh, I just, so we don't I, miss this one. I have, well, yeah, I just want to apologize, everybody. I haven't been on the Discord for like weeks. No. I kind of ghosted everybody and I just saw there was an Azalea question. So, yeah, yeah. let's answer it on Bring air. Me up. Yep. Beam me up, uh, Bonsai Best Pod Discord. Uh, hey, at Becoming Bonsai, That's I me. have a question for the Azalea guru. Mm-hmm. I have one that was collected three years ago and 
am going to repot it out of the recovery box, but I am getting conflicting information about the ideal repot time. I am getting that the ideal time is post flowering, but also winter, but Mm -hmm. you don't remove any foliage in the winter when you repot. What's your opinion on repotting azaleas? I have a greenhouse that won't let it get below 55 degrees. And I live in South Louisiana that came in from um, Joel Jenkins. Joel, what's up, Joel? Yep. Um, Yeah. So I think in Louisiana, since you're humid and warm, you could get away with quite a number of things with azaleas. Um, I generally prefer to repot azaleas in the springtime, um, in the winter time, which, you know, whichever kind of at normal repot season time. Um, You can do it in the summer, but I think, and I think actually probably in Louisiana, it's, you know, not as scary to do it as you, you know, maybe somewhere like here where it's really dry in the summertime. But um, yeah, so I would generally, I generally do it, you know, repotting time. um, And if you're doing a, you know, collected tree, I would do a partial repot on it. I wouldn't do a full repot on it, um, especially if you're trying to get all that old soil out of there. Um, and then, yeah, greenhouse it, keep it humid, keep it above freezing, and you should be good to go. So if you want to do the summer method, it's kind of like um, with uh, chojubai or, you know, some of these other things that you can get away with doing it in the summer. It's not really something I'd recommend for beginners, but when you do a summer repot, uh, a lot of times you take off, you know, a lot of the foliage and you do kind of a hard cutback, kind of like you would do with a, um, like if you do a ficus, you know, you do kind of a defoliation or a, kind of a prune through and then do your repot too, so that, you know, as your roots are growing, uh, they don't have to support all that foliage up top. Um, but if you're doing a summer repot, it's super important to keep it really, really humid. Otherwise, you can get a lot of desiccation. Um, and your tree's going to struggle. Uh, and you just, it's summer's always riskier in my opinion. So especially if you're a beginner, just do springtime. If you've got the time, um, if you've got azaleas and you have to repot in the summer, you know, you could do your younger ones, your stronger trees in the summertime and keep your, you know, your specimen level trees to do those during winter repotting time. Um, that's a decent way to divide it. Go ahead. What about trees like azaleas? Uh, what if you're in an area that's more humid in the summer than it is in spring? I personally, I still prefer to do it at repotting time. Um, okay. But I think, uh, I think if you're pretty humid in the summer, you could get away with it. Because I, I mean, I've known somebody who's taken a like a wrist-sized cutting of an azalea and tented it you know, in a greenhouse and it grew roots. So, right. Yeah. I think like in Florida, you probably could get away with, with a lot. Um, but if you, if it's something you really care about and it's your first time doing it, I definitely would do it at repotting time just to be safe. Then well, was that, was that helpful? No, no. Yeah. That definitely. Um, I just actually repotted an azalea. Yeah. And uh, also, you guys can refer back to, uh, we did an episode all about azaleas a good while ago. You scroll Mm -hmm. down, uh, we had Carmen go talk at length about her experiences with azaleas as a species and, you know, the do's and don'ts of that species as well. Uh, But yeah, I think all the regional different things that we had to consider as far as when 
is going to be different in different mm-hmm. temperate zones, tropical zones, mm-hmm. uh, wherever you live. But 100%. yeah, hundred percent. So, and I, I know somebody here in Southeast Louisiana who struggles with azaleas and she always has a bunch of really fine specimen trees and just can't seem to keep them vigorous until they mm-hmm. kind of just start disintegrating to an extent. So it, it mm-hmm. that's it curious. Just, I, I'm, I'm curious. I think I know, is it, is it Dawn? Yeah. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I wonder if it's a dormancy thing. I'm curious. Yeah, I think it's nighttime lows and uh, length of dormancy period here. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's something that could be brought up later on. Maybe we'll get lucky and have uh, Miss Ketting on later later to talk about things like that. Oh, hey, Carmen, did I tell you about Bonsai Central yet? No, I don't think you have. Oh, I, I think I might have mentioned it a few other times, but it's going to be May 3rd through 5th in 2024 in St. Louis, Missouri. It's basically the national show, but it's going to be Central America, and it's going to be an awesome show with cash awards and prizes. Uh, there's going to be a professional bonsai show and a kusimono show as well. Ooh. With the presentation during dinner with uh, for rewards and whatnot. But if you want to submit a tree, I think you have to submit two to four photos and you need a brief description of your tree and send it over to the contact form at bonsaicentral.com. That's bonsai-central.com. But there's going to be vendors there too. Do you know what vendors were included? Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard that it's going to be something like 25 plus of the best vendors from around the country. So like including nurseries, potters, stand makers, tool suppliers, and all of that. But like specifically, I, I thought I heard that there was going to be American potters like Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Now Toshu Take is going to be there. Vicky Chamberlain, Eli Atkins of Waldo Street Pottery, April Grigsby, Roy Minari and Byron Merrick. Um, sellers of imported Japanese and antique Chinese pots are going to be there, too. That's amazing. I mean, there must be like a pretty good lineup for this show as far as like their headliners. There should be some really good bonsai artists. Do you have any idea who that might be? I think I might have heard about Bjorn, but there's some other ones, right? Oh, yeah. Bjorn's going to be there. Uh, Tyler Sherrod as well. Maria Hayek, uh, Andrew Robson, Maro Stenberger, and Young Cho. Oh. I think there's going to be workshops, show walkthroughs, critiques, all of that stuff. Yeah, that sounds awesome. There should be somewhere to go on bonsai-central.com and you can fill out the opportunities to do workshops with these professionals. They have really great material, I've heard. It's going to be stuff like twisted junipers and and, and old fused maples and really awesome pieces of material for Young's Cosimono class. So I think if you guys are interested, y'all should go check out bonsai-central.com and see if you can register for the show, sign up for workshops if they're still available. But I'd, I'll definitely be there this year. Awesome. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah thank you, uh, Bonsai Central, for sponsoring our show. So let's go, if you've got time, Mike, I know you said you have uh, a limit today. I've yeah, got so 20 Jeopardy. minutes All until right. Jeopardy. Let's <laughs> Until Jeopardy. Yeah, I was going to mention earlier that video where uh, where they just have Jeff instead of like, every, go, you should go look up it on YouTube. It's just, uh, it's Jeff Jeopardy. So it's just like. It's Jeopardy. Uh, Jeopardy. Ever, no, it's just like uh, when they introduced the contestants, it's just like, and today on, on uh, Jeopardy, we have Jeff and also <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. And, and also Jeff. Jeff. And Jeff. <laughs> yeah. That's a good right. Jeopardy style episode. Keep oh, Everything uh, has to be answered in the form of a question. Yep. 
And then we could do some bone sykes shenanigans. Uh, if we yeah. feel like we have enough, enough knowledge before, by the time we get to something like that, considering all the- Oh my God, it could be a listener stuff. question episode, but it has to be answered in form of Jeopardy. <gasps> oh my God, yeah, they can call in. Yeah. yeah. They call oh in. my God. <laughs> I don't know how we coordinate that. That sounds really difficult. Yeah, just and give out my cell phone. Everybody yeah. send in your questions <laughs> so we can do Jeopardy. Just give out my cell phone. That's fine. Just call it in, guys. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, and yeah. Armin, if you go into the Discord chat, I put the first victim. I mean, uh, cur- listener critique. Yeah, Describe it to me like I'm blind. Um, okay. And it's it in is... a hard-fired training pot. And uh, I love those pots. And it's got some really cool roots. And it's got some big, thick branches and some little thin twiggies. Yep. Is it the... like a new post? Uh, no, I put it in, the, uh, in our Doom chat. Channel. For Zoom that we're in. So Zoom. You have to go to Zoom. It looks like it's running it, away. It's oh, like, it's in Zoom. It's okay. got legs and then that big that front branch is its arm. So, it's going, ah, I was it's looking at my away. phone. I'm like going into the Discord. Hang on, let me look at the chat. Yep. Okay, it's loading up. Give me a oh. second. Oh, oh, that's a cool one. I like well, Mike, Mike is figuring out how uh, Zoom chat works. Uh, just to mention for our listeners real quick, these trees that we're talking about, if you go over to Instagram, Little things for bonsai people on Instagram, you will see the trees in succession as we talk about them. So if you're listening to this, you're like, how the hell am I supposed to see this? Go over to our Instagram page and you'll see it linked up to episode 67 um, of listener episode, uh, listener questions and critiques. So yeah, this is a red chochabai. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen this tree in person. Well, you uh, you actually went through in the Discord and uh, you- Oh, have, right, okay. You, you have some- Areas where you showed you would chop it. I don't work. But you know me, what? Chocha by. You, you, me either. And that's the thing is like, there's there's a thing that I don't understand about bonsai that, well, I should say that I personally don't understand about bonsai. And that is um, like when certain aesthetics are okay. I think we've talked about this before. And like, if you go and you look through like the modern bonsai or some of these like old classic books that have all these choju by shohin. Mm-hmm. They they don't have these like beautifully tapered branches all the time, I, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. they do have these like long straight branches, and then they have the ramification. And I guess the question is like, my gut, you know, the way I'm trained is to hunt for movement and taper, like yep. to hunt for that area and to cut back for that area. But I get in. I've seen pictures of trees from Japan where you have like a turtle shell base and then a maple that has like a telephone pole trunk and uh, and it's acceptable and beautiful. And so still anomalous and I'm still kind of learning about when you do what, you know. So me personally, I'd cut it back the way I kind of illustrated in the Discord a while ago, mm-hmm. but not not necessarily the only way to approach it. I agree with that. As far as this one goes, there's so much movement in the trunk or in the in the exposed roots here that those straight branches are really thick and kind of distracting. So I would actually recommend cutting it as well. And you could do that now or you could do it after the new growth hardens off. But I think if you do it now, you're going to have better luck replacing that growth this year and you'll still be able to do a summer prune after the new growth hardens off. Um, the good news is Chojubai root pretty readily. So you could make cuttings um, either out of these from, you know, either from where the, the thick branches where you cut or some of these younger twigs, you could root those um, and then have lots of Chojubai. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be great for our cutting challenge that we yeah. presented a while back. 
Oh, um, well, I, I've um, I've been working with Chochibai recently. Um, I've got a few cuttings while I was traveling, and then also we just happened to have some Chochibai just sitting around at the nursery. I was like, oh, oh crap, that's that that's the actual like Japanese. That's actually Chochibai. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, cool. So I throw some wire on it, applied a little bit of like you know the 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 teachings of the cosmic. Uh, style and just kind of give it as much movement as possible because I know, yeah, obviously straight lines and stuff, but you can't go crazy with them uh, because bending them, they, they're a little brittle in some cases mm-hmm. where their bark will just crack apart really crazy. So you can't go like absolutely bonkers with like movement on them. And uh, from my, what I remember working with Chochibai with, uh, with Michael Hagedorn when I was up there mm-hmm. um, is that, yeah, you want to go in and prune for movement often on Chochibai. Yeah. Um, and I've heard you say this too, Garmin, in the past. Um, so I mean, it's it seems a little like bummer to go through and say this tree needs to be cut, probably needs to be cut like basically in half to just get rid of all those straight sections. But mm-hmm. like you said, they grow so fast and the and the flowers and will return so much better yeah. with better movement in the future. So But that's bonsai. You cut things. You know, mm-hmm. we cut things. That's what we do. Yep, we're always making the cut. Yeah, we so, just make cuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, forever. So yeah, there's not really much. I guess there's not much to really say as far as design. It's just we. Oh, it sounds like there's a kind of consensus. Like all the little things over here, we say um, do cut, some cut, 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 back. cut, cut it back, and then cut take the cuttings. Yeah, cut the tree down. Cut don't, the tree. Don't, yeah, don't cut it all the way down. All right, no. I am. <laughs> Although going, actually, if if they did cut it all the way down. It looks like it's already throwing up suckers. Sprouts. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's plenty so of work in there. What's this yeah. other one? What's this other picture in the chat? Yep, we just threw up a new picture in the chat. Oh, uh, oh, there's a, a okay. Black right. Hill spruce that was recently spot uh, styled. This is by nice. J A S Potts. Uh, oh, submitted this. yeah, I I met him when I was up in New England, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, yep. This is uh. This looks like a standard, uh, like I can kind of show you guys. I'm going to also drop this image into the chat um, just so Mike and Carmen can see it. He has a before picture as well. Um, And so it looks like he has chosen to go with a uh, slightly just like it's like informal, but not quite informal It it, because it's and what I'm seeing is it's like the, the apex is not completely over the base so it's that's yeah, i'd still say it's informal you still would yeah. say yeah. it's it's a i don't know it, it would take some time to kind of like get the the crown to develop i know that's mm-hmm. that's a, that's always a thing uh but we're going very classical style here with you know mm-hmm. with one branch here one branch there and all the movement of the branches all yeah. match and they're all going the same direction uh, well as far as as far as that goes so uh what do you guys think uh Good execution on this on this design. Yes, but I would say um, be more content with like this is my experience working with conifers and working with all trees that I'm first styling like that is I don't like the looping of the branching the like bow look uh, mm-hmm. of the first two branches. There's one where he has a branch jack on it, and the one right above that, the second branch, have like a um, a looping like a hook kind of to mm-hmm. them, like an arc. Mm-hmm. And um, I personally have learned that it's better to grab it by the collar way up high with your thumb 
and mm-hmm. dislocate it from the top part of that like, yep. joint and just rip that, that sucker myself. out of there. Well, and, I wouldn't uh, rip it, but yeah. You're... <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. Like you're not ripping you the branch yeah, yeah. off, but you are breaking the top part of that joint and you are like descending the branch down from that point. And, yeah. and on certain species, I mean, I, I have broken it like pretty bad on pines that have broken it. And as long mm-hmm. as they're in development and they're young and it's vigorous, heals just fine. Mm-hmm. And, um, if so, I, I have, uh, Australian pine, which is not a conifer. It's tropical, but it's true. But it's, like conifer. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, Styled last, like last year, last yeah. year I had done some, some branch like cracking and breaking and stuff like that. And showed it to Seth, you know, and he was like, dude, you need to go harder. Like, just rip those suckers out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I curved one of them and then broke the top joint. Uh, again, this is a strong, vigorous tree, but look at the vigor on this tree here. I mean, you look at it from the before pick. You should be able to do whatever you want to that tree at this point. And if any tree is going to survive it, it's going to be a young, vigorous tree like that. Yeah. So my personal in instinct and again i'm a tropical guy i don't go slow is you know grab that branch and like really dislocate that top joint yeah bring it yeah. down from that point. and if i uh i may drop in something real quick about the dislocating uh the branch ordeal uh, i had some experience with that with with guy not too recently he, he likes to call it popping it out of the socket yeah um he just kind of goes around it more uh more kind of his way but if you go over to underhillboneside.com, there was an article that I wrote in uh, it was January 11th. It's called Big Podocarpus and Big Personality. And you go over there and there's actually a part where you can see what Mike is talking about, where it's a photo series where we cut the branch with a branch saw and we didn't break it out, but we used um, bamboo wedges and hammered them in to bend it uh-huh. at, like you're referring to, Mike, at the mm-hmm. base of that branch to get it down. Right. And Podocarpus, the the, but, the Buddhist pine, Podocarpus, not a true Podocarpus, uh, will, it's a very vigorous plant, like you said. It will stand that type of damage. And I've gone mm-hmm. over to Guy's house to see his personal collection with his big Podocarpus, where I've seen him literally rip the branch down the tree, like split, like a yeah. split truck situation. And 100%. It yeah. Um, so it, it sounds like... <laughs> I've got... You know. Oh, sorry. Well, one thing I've, I'm learning, right. this is something, especially after dealing with Laurent, after him coming through, is I have trees that are in the ground that uh, I now, to build character in them, and I'm not saying, again, don't do this to a pine or anything, but instead of using wire, I just walk up to these big, thick branches that are, again, running like five or six feet, and I just break them in different directions, and they, mm-hmm. they heal just fine, they recover just fine. And, um, and a lot of times if they're in the ground, I don't even put cut paste on them and they just swallow the wounds up. Uh, yeah. again, this is like a to- totally different plant than once we put it in a bonsai pot. So this same technique's not going to work mm-hmm. once it's like in a tiny little bonsai pot. So see, this opens up a whole new debate. Cause I feel like Carmen, you've been holding back from saying something about this technique. What you got? Um, I, we do a lot of this kind of bending on spruces and hemlocks here, and we don't usually go as far as dislocating or cutting the branch. We try to do, we put a lot of pressure up. So like you kind of put like this, the, the 
where your thumb, you put the kind of the trunk or the base of the branch between your thumb and index finger and kind of push down with your palm until you start right. to see cracking on top of the branch. And then sometimes right. we'll, we'll use a guy wire to crank it in. Um, so we have a little bit of hooking, but it's not, it's not usually that wide of a curve. Um, but generally speaking, it's good to know that you can do the breakage. I guess also we're usually working with older collected trees, so mm -hmm. that might make a difference as far as, you know, rather than breaking the entire branch. Um, but I don't see that it, I see that in development, that could be a really great technique. Um, but uh, overall, the, like the idea of this tree is, it's so close, it's almost there. So having that real tight angle, on the branch that generally, you know, it starts to kind of widen as it gets closer to the top. Yeah. And then it does kind of come back up, but it it's like your branch angles down for, I don't know, two thirds. And then that bottom third kind of comes up flat, slightly, you know, pointing towards the sky. So almost there. And then my other comment about this tree is that a lot of the um, branching looks like it's been pulled all off to the side so that it's, it looks kind of two-dimensional i would say yeah, you know if, yeah, the, if your branch bone. is coming off the front bring it more to the front like that's okay bring your, your branch more to the back make sure that you have depth all the way around the tree mm -hmm. your first two branches should i'm looking at the picture again um da, 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 da. the first two branches so that that lowest branch you know angle that pad a little bit more to the front the second yep. branch looks pretty good the two tinier branches above that you know bring that one up to the bring it to the front a little bit more if it's in the back swing it more towards the back um that'll help you avoid the kind of christmas tree triangle look and give you some more depth to the tree but the idea of branches down and out really classic for spruce mm -hmm. i love working with spruces because it's a very simple quiet tree you know most of the time it's very just down and out very just straightforward quiet lovely and it, yeah one of the other things too like you said i was glad, I'm glad you brought up the two-dimensionality of of this tree is that one of the things that helps with that is the first branch in my opinion a lot of designs like this whenever we're doing a very classical approach style mm -hmm. is that that first branch sets a lot of precedence for the rest yep. of the tree and so mm -hmm. that tree should be robust it should have lots of pads and extra extra pieces where it has it's almost like a little tree on on that one branch built out so yeah. um, I've heard a good way is put is is that it's the welcoming branch to design. It should make the viewer mm -hmm. feel like you're setting the stage and the show for it. So it should sweep towards the viewer, and it also should be full and 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 full of lots of interest that sets up mm -hmm. uh, the rest. Even if it's a very like you said quiet design, I, I love that thought of trees mm -hmm. that are just like formal uprights or trees that are straighter and trunk line. Me too, love it. Just come up in there they're very straightforward and you know what to expect, but it still should have some dynamics and depth and also mm -hmm. what to expect as far as how dense is the first branch. If it's a really thin first branch, then yeah, I can see that. Then the tree is going to be thinned out, but then that also suggests a very narrow silhouette as well. Mm -hmm. So there, it kind of, it goes a lot of different ways. And uh, this, yeah. this first branch doesn't have a lot till the very end. And I mean, it's young, it's going to pop back, but the branch yeah. just above it, you know, there's a way once this first branch is kind of brought forward, the one just above it can kind of be angled in a way so that it kind of creates a secondary pad on top of it as well um, as the tree matures. So if there isn't a lot of foliage that pops back further on that branch, then, you know, you can always use a back branch to kind of fake it, essentially. 
I would yeah. also I would also get rid of the I would stub that one long gin back further, yeah. and yeah. I would um, clean the ends of the other gin, like cut them mm-hmm. and sh- and you know rip them and make them look a little better. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but that long gin is too long. A little too long, yeah. Probably about half. Yeah, gin yeah. gin's tough, especially on a tree that feels younger. Gin doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't feel as convincing. So well, I usually, just, yeah, yeah. It, Go ahead. You're right. You're you're right. But it can add age, you know, if if done mm-hmm. right. But one thing I I always teach is like a boring branch is going to make a boring gin, and if it's mm-hmm. long and straight, and if you wouldn't keep it as a branch, I wouldn't keep it as a gin. You know, and yeah, well, yeah. that's actually erroneous. Let me rephrase that. So if, if it's boring as a branch, it'll be boring as a gin. And that's usually the case. So if it's long and straight, um, doesn't have a lot of knobs to it, doesn't have a lot of sub branching to it, uh, the best thing you can do with it is stub it back tight to the trunk. You know, make it like a, a snag or like a, a broken off branch. But um, I usually feel and, and teach a lot that good deadwood, especially on like junipers, it almost mm-hmm. has to hurt, you know, when you when you're creating it. Yeah, yeah. It's almost it has to be, be like, a formally beautiful branch. You know what you mean? Like yeah, twisted, I mean, it, curled, has lots yeah, of movement. I mean, unless you're making a snag, you know, unless you're making a little snag or a little broke branch or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, the snag makes sense for something like a spruce. I think correct, correct. Yeah. I'm not saying like yeah. deadwood half the tree, but right. um, on things like junipers, you know, it's definitely you're going to have to make a big sacrifice to make it look appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like great gins on junipers was probably a possible top or side branch or trunk correct yeah yeah and and it's just part of the stock next tree if we've got time i've uh, got four minutes yep we'll keep you for four minutes if we have to uh we might do a few without you mike but that's uh, all right i love you guys but just know jeopardy and baby time comes first oh yeah no no whatever it's Uh, fine (laughs) (laughs) you're just you're just making excuses no uh What's the next one? Oh, cool. It is a root over rock Chinese elm. So there's actually a picture where they have it in a deeper container. It's like, it looks like a terracotta plastic uh, nursery kind of pot thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's terracotta colored. And then then they reveal that later on underneath the deep soil that they have this uh, root over rock Chinese elm. If I may uh, go in on the critique on this one first. Yeah, Um, how about I love elms. I would uh, some th- people think that uh, bald cypress is my true love, but uh, but my wife Caitlin is no, uh, but no. Uh, <laughs> right. chi- elm varieties actually are what got me into bonsai. So I love every every elm from the the cork bark Chinese elm all the way down to the simplest, you know, like Hokkaido to the native elms, yada yada. Um, so this one here. I just wanted to come in really quick and just kind of put something out there that I see initially with this tree. The root of a rock thing, I have this conversation with a lot of people about wouldn't it be cool if I had a tree that I clung to a rock and there's always that thing like you did it, you did it 100% right. You took a tree that's very vigorous, that has that is notorious for having long stringy roots and you wrapped it around a, looks like a big lava uh, chunk and mm-hmm. then you put it under the, the, the soil and you let it wrap and and you, you did all those things, you executed all that great. But the the convincingness of the root of a rock is kind of lost whenever you get into this exaggerated kind of formal up uh informal upright kind of big giant first branch. Second branch is kind of got a you know, it's kind of it's almost bigger than your first branch 
coming up onto the, the set, the second branch there. And then we get these flat pads that come up. Um, this is totally fine as far as like, you know, your bonsai is, it's your bonsai. You, you design it the way you want. But in my personal opinion, when you execute a root over rock, especially with a deciduous tree, mm-hmm. I don't know if straight pads is the right way to go about Mm-mm. it. No, and I don't, I, would, I don't think so. And I would actually, that first branch going off to the right, if it was my tree, I would be as brutal as to say, cut to that, wire it up and out into like a, into like a, like a lawfully open kind of canopy and then find your, your crown or your top later on as the tree grows back out. But you don't have to do that. That's just, that's my gut feeling with a lot of elms is to develop no, up and out and I not agree flat. With, I agree with you, Evan. I think that's, yeah. that's the move, man. And, and elms are extremely vigorous, so they can take cuts like this. I mean, I just repotted a Chinese elm, a, a big boy at the nursery that's been in training for like 30 years, and the top had grown out way too much on it, and it just didn't look like a deciduous tree anymore. It just kind of started looking like deer antlers on the top, and it had no, it didn't have any actual trunk line to it, so I had to make that tough decision. I had to just go in there with my, uh, my big branch cutter and just lop you know, basically a whole foot of the tree off to restart and reestablish the crown. So that's just something like I my initial gut feeling with this tree. I love root over rock, but it's also not my forte because I mean I live in Louisiana, so I can't give a hundred percent. You know, this is what it should be like. I just, you know, I, I would say um, one the way that we kind of style them here is uh we use a lot of drop branches and we use the the root of a rock section is is the trunk that's your trunk so <laughs> the the section of rock where it has the roots that's going to be the the trunk and i don't extend the trunk like uh, a whole lot more than that i'll go like one third of the final height higher than that so yeah. um and then i build my tree and i use drop branches to kind of frame the stone so uh, it's not the only way to do it, but that is kind of like the way that, that we do it in the nursery. And I would have cut it back exactly where you said, right, to that first branch. Mm-hmm. So I disagree. Uh-oh. Really? Yeah, I do. Um, I think my biggest issue with this tree is that the it feels like the stone is sitting on a flat plane. And I, I want the stone to be halfway buried to like the widest point. And then I think that does a whole lot for the tree. Cause then it looks like it's really clinging to this rock and the rock is really rooted in the soil mm-hmm. and it just becomes more interesting to me. I think um, I would lower that first branch on the right a lot. And I'd probably lower all the, all the branches significantly and then try to build out, you know, the pads so that they're a little bit more dense, but I don't think you need to cut all the way back to that first branch. I mean, you could, um, I think you start to lose taper at the top, so I probably would shorten it, but I feel like this, this tree feels like it's, it's not ready to be refined. It's still growing. And so I would, I don't know. I would, I mean, my first step would be to, to rebury that rock by about half and then start developing pads better. Um, not better, but you know, to be more rounded, more, you know, lower your branches, um, Hey guys, I love you. A I'm sorry bit. to. Yeah. Oh, you're good. I'm sorry to interrupt. I I just got to get going though. I'm <laughs> no, you're really good. sorry. You're good. No, no, it's okay. Uh, well, we'll catch you later. I, I love yeah. you guys. Yeah. And uh, right, Matt, 
you Matt can do like a little like door shutting sound as uh, Mike steps away and says goodbye yeah. to us. <laughs> all right. Yeah. 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 Oh, all right. Catch you guys time. next week. Okay. Yep. All right, dude. Yep. See you. All right, guys. See you. Okay. Uh, but yeah, finishing up your uh, your thought with that, Carmen. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think, too, I mean, if you did cut it back to that first branch and then lifted that branch up, that would be interesting as well. But I don't think you have to go that far if you don't want to. Um, I think you can work with what's there, but. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's yeah, I, I see what you mean. Like now that you kind of say that the perspective, it feels like the, the trees holding the rock up. Mm-hmm. And when in most times, whenever a tree clings to a rock, it's a stable location that. The tree has no other option mm-hmm. and so it feels like the the tree's like grappling the rock and it's kind of suspended in a, yeah. in a way because the way the rock kind of it mm-hmm. has a roundness to it that wouldn't be necessarily natural yeah um, and i think you get a, get away with a pot that's half that size and twice as deep and yeah. bury the rock part way and i think that would be a lot more effective because the tree looks really thin and skinny in this and young yeah so but any but anyway i have to say like kudos to you to uh, developing a root of a mm-hmm. rock. Totally, uh, this this is something that a lot of people uh, like. They dream up on their their bonsai checklist. Like I'm going to grow a root over rock. This is how I want to do it. And there's a lot of people that execute it. And you and you did you did a great job getting the mm-hmm. the, the roots around the rock. But there's still like like collectively from me, Mike and Carmen. Uh, there's just a there's some there's some stuff that could be done to just improve this tree and that that's another reason why we do these critiques is not to sit mm-hmm. here and try to we're not we're not sitting here trying to slam dunk on people with our opinions Mm-mm. we're we're no, just no. we're always suggesting for better so let's um let's do one more since okay. we're we're running long um and then we have some more that we can do uh on the next episode that we record where we can take time to do listener critiques because mm-hmm. There is a uh, yeah. There's there, a lot in there. There's a couple of really fun ones. There's a forest and planting of uh, Portulacaria and a bald cypress, which I feel like could go on for quite some mm-hmm. time. So we're gonna cut it a little short here. We're gonna go to one that was submitted. It says, uh, "Did this as a Xmas tree challenge? Yes, much more aggressive than I would normally do. Tried to save some foliage in the middle of the trunk, and eventually uh, completely removed along." Um, very low branches help thicken the base and salvage some foliage may or may not keep the low branch on the right in the future okay so let me see i'm uh, copying the image and sending it over to the the chat real quick um so this it says christmas tree challenge so i'm I'm guessing that this is a Mm store-bought um would this just be fur what I'm not that? sure. It looks kind of like a spruce, but I, I'm not sure. Okay. And uh, this is something like that a lot of people do when they have uh, those potted up like little Christmas trees that you can pick up from like Home Depot, Lowe's, and then they encourage you to take it to your house and put it on your front porch, decorate it. Or some people use these like indoors where they'll put their art, their, their Christmas ornaments on. And then, uh, and there was, there's been a couple of things where I've seen uh, YouTube bonsai content creators go in and take uh, take these trees and then do their best to make a make yeah you know, like basically salvage the the Christmas tree uh, kind of challenge thing here um, and so this is really this is a really cool thing I I really enjoyed 
this type of content back whenever I was getting into bonsai. And it, and it is, it, it's good practice to go through and try to try to see what you can do with material like this. I will say, uh, first off that, um, that there's a lot of stuff that could be learned from this tree. Now you didn't do it. You didn't do a bad job as far as, you know, the concept, like the concepts are all there. Um, your wiring looks like it all took, so you were able to bend your branches properly. So you anchored wires to each other. Um, you you went straight for the the first branch to be the biggest branch. The second branch comes up uh, a good ways. It's a quite a gap there. And it looks like there was some cuts where there could have been another branch that could have been your, a better second branch. Uh, even even where those I, I can see nub knob cuts where mm -hmm. it comes up slightly underneath that actual first piece of foliage that you kept there's some white marks on that second trunk that you probably could have kept mm -hmm. to help this tree feel fuller but um and it looks like you're uh there's covering up part of the tree with a bag i mean neither this is them just trying to say this is what i'm cutting away eventually or they don't really know just yet but i see the intent here is probably just a formal upright um very similar to what we saw in that spruce earlier that we mm -hmm. looked at the black spruce. What do you think, Carmen, as far as approaching this type of material? Um, I can't tell if there's any foliage on that trunk on the far right. I don't think there is. Um, I I would definitely get rid of the branch on the right, the first branch. Um, I don't think that is helpful to this design. And if you're going to keep the, the left as a gin, I, I'm torn between ginning the whole thing or kind of stumping it to those first knob cuts up the branch and having a short gin there and then keeping the other two thinner trunks. Um, I think that second branch, the, so the, the first branch that's on the left, so technically the second branch should be angled a lot lower, low and down, and then lower everything else low and down you know, uh -huh. as you go up the tree, just to, to give it, it's young enough. Now it's real bendy. You can move those things to start giving that perception of age, but I don't think you need that branch on the right. Um, that lowest the, branch the first uh, big one. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there'd been more stuff kept lower down, it would make more sense to me. But to me, this, this tree is flowing, you know, down to the left. So I, yeah. I would make that left branch the lowest and your, your kind of key branch, um, and go from there. Yeah. Like we were saying earlier, um, getting branches down and out, you know, mm -hmm. the straight right across, because all these branches, when you have them positioned like this, they look very bar branch, even mm -hmm. though they might be on different levels because of how similar they are. They just, they just read as straight across. And so getting them down and out gives more interest. Mm -hmm. The tree is skinny. It's tall. It's young and bendy enough to start doing aggressive moves like mm -hmm. that. And like we said on the other spruce, it's like, if the gin was uninteresting and straight, like Mike put it best, if it was a boring, uninteresting trunk or branch, then it's going to be a boring, uninteresting gin. So I would just remove that all the way down to the base and just... I would either leave it as it is and leave it all the way tall or stub it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some Pick really extreme. creative, like some really creative, like naturalistic styles where they'll leave mm -hmm. a really massive gin like that. Yeah, because um, it's like the main tree died and then its side branches grew up, you know, yeah, and yeah. kind of replaced it. And I think that would work for this design. That's also called, if you want to look more into uh, more inspirational stuff, it would be called candelabra style, mm -hmm. where 
where a little tree has seemed to bud off from the side and then gives you uh candelabra as in like a candelabra uh chandelier how the how the the chandelier comes up and out that's just it's more it's more movement it needs more and then it would be favored on one side rather than just just one and also another thing too i i saw some i was working on a tree with a with a client of mine at the nursery and i was telling him that the gin on his tree was going one direction it was a pretty predominant bigger gin it was on that old Mm -hmm. juniper i showed you earlier uh -hmm. carmen and he had this live branch that snaked right past that gin and i said Mm -hmm. if the story is that there was a branch there and it turned into a dead branch why would a new branch almost as big as it survive Mm. if the story was that that branch couldn't survive there why did it replace it like doesn't that mean the tree would just go the other direction and try to find another route so we removed that branch in favor of keeping that section open and showing that the gin is there for a reason it's not you know mm-hmm. you know something killed a branch that was within inch within inches of the other big branch i mean there should there should be more story there so you said it's it's left flow on this tree if that big giant branch behind it's dead then there should be something that either caused that or the damage should re- like ver- reverberate through the whole tree I, I don't know you know it's still young it's still there's still a lot a lot to do here mm-hmm. so but anyway, uh, we feel pretty content with the uh, listener questions and critiques yes. so far. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I do apologize for uh, not being able to get to all of them on this episode. I know we're catching up now. Uh, we do have quite a few to go through on the on the next episode. I would I would love to critique some of these trees. I, I'm I was looking forward to it, but now. We've gone long, and I know some people will say, some of our listeners like, oh, we love it whenever there's a long episode. Well, uh, we, we, we're we going to cut it. We're going to keep the format. We're going to keep it short. Uh, we're going to keep it digestible at this length. So uh, go ahead and start wrapping up. Uh, no bonsai word of the week um, this time around. That's uh, something we're kind of going to have to get back to. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to those things. You know, this, this show's weekly release so we got plenty plenty things to talk about uh plenty things going on uh so anyway if you want to check out any more stuff related to underhill or me you can go to underhillboneside.com i've written some recent articles i finally got uh, a little bit more caught up and got some stuff in into the roster into my queue things that i'm writing about on there i love writing articles it's kind of like one of the main reasons why I got into bonsai is because I used to love going and looking at other bonsai professionals when I was younger and going to their sites and reading all their awesome articles like Harry Harrington or Jonas Dupuy, uh, just picking through their, their things. So it's just a little side project on top of this. Uh, and of course, you can go over to our store, underhillbonsaistore.com, go see what we're offering right now. We are currently moving through stock like crazy. We've got a lot of uh, new pots that we've purchased that we'll be listing online. Um, I know a really popular item for us recently has been bald cypress starter plants. So like pre bonsai stock, uh, you can go over there and purchase it from us. We've shipped a lot of them and we're, we're willing to keep going because the trees are still dormant. So go check that out. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, you can, uh, go over to Instagram, check out our stuff over there at Underhill Bonsai. And if you're in the local area or are very close to where we are, uh, say bonsai is March 30th please look into it if you're if you're local 
and nearby. We need trees uh, for our show. I have a good number of trees, but I would love to make this big. I want to go big with the show. So if you would love to submit a tree, you can go to uh, go to your email. Go send me an email at evan at underhillboneside.com. Send me a picture of your tree. It's, sure, it's current uh, state as far as what you plan on displaying it like, what pot, what stand you would like. At minimum, I'm asking people to have a stand for their tree. For, you know, put the tree on a stand. It would look great. So, yeah. And then uh, since Mike had to step away earlier, I'll go uh, go ahead and just tell you, go over to KetsuneBoneside.com and go check out Mike's offerings. Like he said, he dropped a, a little nice sneak peek of one of his awesome lectures that he has into the Discord for the Boneside Buds. That's um, great. Yeah. It's a good benefit to becoming a, a best bud. You get cool info like that. Get some insights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then tell us really quick about where to check out your stuff, Carmen, because I know you got some stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Becoming Bonsai and check out the Purple Pot Society, the National Women's Bonsai Group. Um, I always have to check the website address because I forget if it's the or with no the. And it's www.purplepotsociety.org. Um, I'm excited. We're actually uh, talking to the Toronto Bonsai Society meeting, um, uh, Toronto Bonsai Society at their March meetings. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, and I know we're working on getting some online demos uh, lined up. So uh, you can check out the website there. And yeah. Yeah, awesome. And um, I'm thinking, okay, just to kind of run back on it too, the, um, the new I Like Heavy Metal shirts will be coming out uh, very soon. Long sleeve shirts um, printed on American Apparel. Going to be really good. You can go over to underhillboneseyestore.com and go to the Little Things tab and you can go pick up your own copy. Uh, our own copy your own shirt we're going to be running uh sizes small to double extra large because i know we had some uh people asking for for double extra large in this uh these shirts are on american apparel so they tend to to run more fitted as opposed to the comfort colors that we ran on our other shirts where we're we're more relaxed classic fit uh mm -hmm. but but we will be honoring our uh Specimen Best Buds with a shirt right off the bat. They'll, that's what you get at that level. And then also, if you guys would like us to ship the treat, the the uh, the trees, the the shirts <laughs> out to you, just email me. I could tr I try to get something together for you if you have uh, issues with ordering online. And for our Australian listeners, we can actually ship shirts now. So it's gonna yeah. take a, it's gonna take a while, but we can get the shirts to you. We have a way. Right. Um, and then. Um, I and almost then, have enough bonsai shirts to like wear one. Well, I think I have enough to wear one every day of the week. Yep. And Pray. everybody needs a good bonsai shirt. I mean, mm -hmm. especially high quality ones that ones that high are quality. Yep. Good designs, funny, funny things on their shirts so that when you go to your bonsai meetings, people will say, oh, that's a that's a that's a fun shirt. Where'd you get that? That's mm -hmm. what, and that's what I wanted these shirts to be. Um, but I was going to mention one more thing. Let's see if I don't lose it real quick. Um, crap. I think I lost it. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's okay. I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, giveaway, <laughs> giveaway. If you're listening this far into the episode, thank you for listening. Um, I will say we're going to do another Joshua Roth giveaway. Uh, the end of this month, February is a short month, but if you're listening, this episode will be out uh, more than likely the uh, the middle of next Oh, this is going to, I think we usually release on Wednesdays or Thursdays. So to be like the 14th or 15th, this episode is dropped, but we'll be doing another tool giveaway for our bonsai bud level. So if you go to uh, Patreon, 
bonesite.com forward slash little things for bonesite people. Sign up and become a bonesite best, uh, best bud. We'll put you in the discord and then we'll announce the giveaway for this month. I'm going to probably do it right at the beginning of March. So we're going to end the month where cap it. That's the entry. So if you're already a best bud, don't worry about it. You're already in the running. And then I'm going to do my little whip, whip, uh, wheel spinny thing where I put all the names on the little wheel and I spin it like a, like a big old wheel of fate. Like wheel of fortune. Like wheel price fortune. is right. Yeah. I like saying like price wheel of, is right. The wheel yeah, of I guess fate. it's more price. Price of right, prices, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the price is right because they have the little. It does make that noise. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you will get Joshua Roth tools. We also have another awesome thing to give away. Um, we have uh, J.M. Stewart Woodworking gave me some some uh, accent planted. Uh, I mean, accent display diezas. Is that how you say Ooh. it? Cheetahs. Yeah. I'm sorry, I said the diezas. That's your word so, of the week, Gita. Yep. Jitas. A little piece of wood that goes under your accent plant. There you go. I got some Jitas to give away. So there will Ooh. be Jita and bonsai tools for this giveaway. So as, if you're listening and you listen this far, thank you so much for listening. Go become a bonsai best bud and get in the running for some sweet giveaways. I'll be mentioning it um, in the next episode, in the next episode of that until we do the giveaway. So any uh, any closing remarks, Carmen? No. Okay, great. I'm glad we could cover that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we this is this has been a really fun one i love doing the, the the episodes where we sit down and we just don't have to have a really big topic or a guest or something which just yeah me just me you and mike just hanging out just you know shooting the shit hanging out talking about our lives talking about bonsai and stuff it's just a good time so yep. yeah we will catch up with uh with everyone on the next one and thank you guys so much for listening bye This podcast is supported by Bonsai Bar, the beginner bonsai workshop popping up in breweries all across the Northeast. Bonsai Bar is two hours of tiny tree goodness disguised as a night out with friends. Come grab drinks, create a new tree, and watch as your friends and family get the bug for bonsai. Bonsai Bar is always looking for teachers and assistants, and you listen to this podcast, so you're probably already qualified. Bring your knowledge out to the bar. Apply today. Find event tickets, contact info, and more at bonsaibar.com.